Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to McCollum Wellness Radio. Now more than ever, our country needs to learn how to take care of our own health, and it's my mission to empower you on that journey. Please join me each week as I cover these topics and interview experts throughout the field to bring you the answers you need to reach your maximum health potential. Thank you and enjoy the show. Reverend Fred Shaw Jr. is the Director of Public Affairs and Spokesperson for the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. He has been a watchdog of the mental health industry for over 50 years. He's also the Executive Director of the NAACP Inglewood South Bay Branch with a long history of working with the NAACP. He also served as the past president of the Compton NAACP. Reverend Shaw explains how every year $15.6 billion are made selling the idea that depression is simply the result of a chemical imbalance in the brain, when in fact this theory is false. The practice of modern medicine does not take into consideration the uniqueness of each individual case and the upstream causes of the condition. Instead, it's fixated on using patented and highly profitable chemical drugs as a one-size-fits-all for the general population. Allopathic drugs only alleviate symptoms without curing the disease and produce the extra benefit for Big Pharma of creating more symptoms and illness requiring additional drugs. This creates a very profitable business model for the pharmaceutical industry. Looking at the statistics makes you wonder, is this whole system driven by money more than it is by health? It seems to be about keeping people alive and sick for as long as their bodies can feed the profit machine, and not too long beyond retirement age. Unfortunately, Big Pharma breeds sick people's dependence on temporary relief, and as a result, distrust in their own body. Always remember, the greatest physician to ever walk this earth lives inside of you and me. Our body's innate intelligence knows how to heal itself by creating the right internal and external conditions through dieting, fasting, and lifestyle, our bodies will be able to thrive. Learn about all of this and more in today's episode of McCollum Wellness Radio. And I knew when I found there's a light Good evening or good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and I'm coming to you live from KSCO Radio. I have a really a very important show today. I believe there's some uh, really important information that came out um, regarding psychotropic drugs and serotonin, the hypotheses of depression. And I have an expert today, Dr. Uh, Reverend Frederick Shaw. Um, let me just set off, a, a, say a couple things and I'll introduce you and then we can go forward with some information that I think is going to be very important to the, the people out there to hear. Um, so a little bit more, there was an um, article that came out just this month. It's called A Decisive Blow to the Serotonin Hypotheses of Depression. And this was put out by a, a mega study um, of information 
for over the years regarding the, you know, the use of psychotropic drugs, uh, spe specifically selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors on depression. And there's been a lot of controversy throughout the years, um, overridden by um, a lot of um, stuff we'll go into today. But I'm just going to read um, Dr. Um, Mon Kriyaf, and I'm probably pronouncing her name incorrectly, but at the end of her press release, she says, patients should not be told that depression is caused by low serotonin or by a chemical imbalance, and they should not be led to believe that antidepressants work by targeting these hypothetical and unproven abnormalities. In particular, the idea that antidepressants work in the same way as insulin for diabetes is completely misleading. We do not understand what antidepressants are doing in the brain exactly. And giving people this sort of misinformation prevents them from making an informed decision about whether to take antidepressants or not. Um, this is um, from Psychology Today. Dr. Minkoff also... Um, concludes, antidepressant use has reached epidemic proportions across the world and is still rising, especially among young people. Many people who are taking them suffer side effects and withdraw problems that can be really severe and debilitating. A major drive of this situation is the false belief that depression is due to chemical imbalances. It is high time to inform the public that this belief is not grounded in science. And we'll go into a lot more information with this, but first I want to introduce um, my guest speaker today, Reverend Frederick Shaw. And I'm going to give a little bit of uh, his background here, and uh, you've got so many amazing um, things that you've done here. I'm going to hit some of them, and if I miss some important ones, <laughs> just let me know. Um, so... Reverend Shaw is the Director of Public Affairs and Spokesperson for the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International, a more than 50-year-old mental health industry watchdog. He is also Executive Director of the NAACP Inglewood South Bay Branch in California with a long history of working with the NAACP. He's past president of the Compton NAACP and again, current president of Inglewood. He... Uh, was the first president from Compton to be appointed to the California State Chair, overseeing the Children's Task Force, working in both Compton and Inglewood. Uh, he has met with many members of the Congress, working internationally to get the, children, the Child Mediation Safety Act passed, which prohibits schools from forcing students to take psychotropic drugs as a requisite to uh, their education. He um, has worked in the psychiatric field uh, to institution um, against racism. Uh, let's see, he was a, you graduated from Pepperdine University. You were a sheriff in, San, in Los Angeles, um, president of the World Literacy Crusade. Gosh, you know, what haven't you done, Reverend? It's so nice to have you on the show. Well, I think I'm going to echo a little bit, but uh, Reverend Shaw, why don't you tell us a little bit about your understanding of what's going on and what your experience is with this, uh, this study that came out. I think we got rid of the echo now. Well, first of all, uh, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Uh, this is a topic that everybody has not been brave enough to bring to the forefront, 
and and talk about. So I thank you for being able to give me this opportunity to be able to do so. Um, the actual fact is, is that the University College of London reviewed 17 major studies published over several decades and found no convincing evidence to support the chemical imbalance of the brain theory. The thing is, is that uh, this has been the, what has been used to make millions of uh, billions of dollars. I think $15.6 billion are made every year based on the idea that there's a chemical imbalance of the brain theory. Um, there's no truth to it. And the whole thing that your audience needs to understand is the fact that uh, when we come to the field of psychiatry, it is not based on science. The idea that we buy the fact that something is based on science and, and because science is supposed to be uh, vetted, it's supposed to have gone through all of the trials to prove that it is what it is, but we see in the field of psychiatry, it is not a science. Uh, it's Diagnostic Statistical Manual, a uh, very impressive name, but there's no statistics in it. So then, therefore, we're, we're running this big fraud on the public, making people think that we can help them in the field of psychiatry when in actuality they're not helping, they are harming. And I'll just say this, as a minister, uh, I base things on its fruit. Uh, what is the outcome? What is the result? And the result of psychiatry, with all of the billions being spent on it, and more money with every passing bill being uh, sent to mental health, we have veterans killing themselves at 20 to 22 a day, and, and be mindful of the fact that we're not at war. So why is all of this uh, mental illness supposedly coming out of the veterans? We're not like in Vietnam or one of those places right now. We're, we're not at war. So why are we giving these uh, veterans mass doses of these drugs? when they What have they been exposed to that would make them need any type of assistance? Yeah. In fact, I've had veterans tell me that they have been given drugs without even an examination. When they leave and they're retiring or they're leaving the service, they're handed pills and they haven't even been examined. So, you know, I just want to reemphasize that there is no uh, medical science behind this. Uh, this is not a scientific field. This is pretty much, if I can be blunt about it, guesswork. Yeah, you know, I was looking through some of the statistics. The first uh, uh, SSRI came out in the 80s, it was Prozac. And, you know, the hypothesis was that it would um, handle this chemical imbalance in the brain. And uh, so even though there was very little evidence to back it up, it became, like you mentioned, a multi-billion dollar industry but the the amount of the well i won't call them side effects the effects of these things as you're mentioning are devastating and and to our veterans as you said but even the children i mean i remember a few years ago they came out with a strawberry flavored prozac for for infants because they wanted the kids to be able to take these uh 
what they call selective they call serotonin and, uh, reuptake inhibitors. And just imagine the, well, the imaginations that are destroyed. I mean, to me, these, these seem to be, I've called them chemical straitjackets, where they're changing the personality of these human beings by giving them a chemical personality, a biochemical beingness, if you will. And it's, it's, I've seen in my 35 years in the medical field as a chiropractor and nutritionist, I've seen just people's lives really damaged by these, these drugs. And a lot of them, now I wanted to say right off the bat, listen, just because this study came out that said that these things have been debunked, if you're on them, do not do anything until you talk to your medical doctor about them because some of these things are so addictive and harmful. Um, if you try to get off of them by yourself, you're going to cause yourself um, potentially some damage. So I recommend that you look into this. You uh, get some of the studies that are online. Talk to a medical doctor that would be willing to help you get off of them if you're on them. But also um, just understand that there's a multi-billion dollar industry driving this whole um, drug, this whole psychotropic chemical imbalance um, theory. And it's now being proven by millions and millions of um, individual cases that it's incorrect. Well, I, I would like to point out that the Citizens Commission on Human Rights for years have been uh, uh, challenging this chemical imbalance of the brain theory. Uh, it has never been uh, proven. Uh, there's no clinical trials or anything to prove that that people even have a chemical imbalance of the brain theory. When you're talking about something like that, you should be able to uh, uh, show the CAT scans or the blood tests or, or something to show that the individual actually have it. I can go, and, I, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I'm a diabetic. I can go anywhere in the world, and they can test my blood sugar and stuff and tell you that I'm a diabetic. That's science. You know, uh, they can look at you and tell what types of cancer you have based on what is going on, you know, which in, within your body. That's science. But when you can go to five different uh, psychiatrists, get five different diagnoses that are be put on five different types of medications, which we just call drugs, because we don't really see the benefit of these uh, drugs, then, then there's a problem there. And, and there's no consistency, there's no science, and basically the therapist does what he feels is best. And, you know, I mean, what does that work? You know, so um, that's the thing that we have to understand. And this has been going on, you know, uh, this this chemical imbalance of the brain theory did not just show up. Uh, CCHR has been probably fighting this issue almost, almost 50 years. Um, this originated in the 1950s, and, and they started using this, and people bought into it. And so we're looking at a psychological manipulation that has occurred back by media, back by a whole bunch of information that's been put out on the airways to convince people that they having these type of issues occurring within the brain when, you know, there's no proof of it. It's, it's just a money-making uh, campaign of advertisement that pushes a theory.
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good it's, that this came really out, and you know I know that there's been um, a lot of different people speaking out a bit about this throughout the day. There's another study I just want to point out. It comes in uh, Scientific Tech Daily, and it's another article that just came out this month, July 25th, that said scientists found no evidence that depression is caused by chemical imbalances or low serotonin levels. And, um, you know, I'm bringing this up because it's it's all over the news. Your, your uh, organization, CCHR Citizens Commission on Human Rights, did a, a very large article, Chemical Imbalances Cause Depression. It's a myth. And, uh, you know, I think the good news is this is going to give us our life back uh, and realize that, you know, something can, you can do something about your life. You just have to make the right decision. There's, there's uh, organizations out there that can help people um, when they're having problems in areas of their life. But, you know, I did a, a show two weeks ago on what happens in 60 seconds in a cell in your body. There's 60 million functions that happen every minute in your cell, and you have 75 trillion cells in your body, all controlled by the brain, you know, and innate intelligence is this being, this ability to, to survive throughout the eons. And if we think that there is a drug that can do something to a synapse in our brain where this amazing vehicle that we've you know, have to, to live our life with is, is doing all those functions. 75 trillion cells doing 60 million functions per minute by the brain. We got to be kidding ourselves if we think that this one, these uh, selective serotonin um, reuptake inhibitors are really doing anything for us. In fact, we know that the side effects of them, which are direct effects, are causing all kinds of problems. And suicide is one of them. Um, dependence on other drugs is, is other, and they actually cause depression as well. Well, I, I, I thank you for talk, uh, mentioning the fact that uh, the drugs do what the drugs do. We call something side effects because that's not what we want the public to know or that's not the intended outcome. But the drugs do what the drugs do. And so, you know, a person... See, my question is this. If my mother dies and my mother has died, there's a certain sadness that comes over me. I had a good mother. So just because I'm sad or my sadness lasts six months or nine months, What's to say that I'm mentally ill? What is the appropriate response I'm supposed to have to that? So now you can say I'm depressed and give me a pill to handle what has been going on since the beginning of the time. I imagine when Cain killed Abel, he cried. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> she was depressed that one of her children would have killed another one of her children. Yeah. I mean, so this isn't. Well, now we take the normal behavior of people in tragic situations, uh, can't feed my family, those types of things. What? I'm, I'm just give you an example. A man can't feed his family. Christmas is coming up. The kids are all happy. They want toys. He knows he can't provide it. He goes into a sadness or a depression, whatever they call it. But now they will give him a pill to handle that situation because he's depressed. But if he hit the lottery the next day, he's no longer depressed because now he can handle his situation. 
So it's not necessarily that he's suffering from mental illness. He has a problem that he can't solve. The moment the problem yeah. is solved, the, the mental illness disappears. So therefore, is it really a mental illness? Yeah. So that's what we have to look at. And it's you know what? Another very interesting statistic is that, you know, the United States is 4% of the world population, but we take 80% of all of the um, opioid drugs. So you talked about drugging symptoms. And in your case, you were just mentioning psychotropic symptoms like sadness or, you know, some kind of pain or sorrow um, or anxiety or, you know, any of those um, kind of emotions that are unwanted. Well, pain... Is, it's all in that kind of that category. The United States, which is only 4% of the world population, takes 80% of all the opioids and 75% of all the drugs in the world. And we're still not only sick as a nation, and 60% of us are diabetic or pre-diabetic. So you'd think with all of these medications coming out, and so these psychotropic serotonin reuptake inhibitors aren't the only one, you'd think if they were working, we would be a healthy country. But instead, we're, they're finding different drugs to give us to cover up the symptoms of different drugs. One of the things with these um, psychotropic drugs is pretty soon people are put on cocktails of three or four different psychotropic drugs to try to find the right combination to handle this chemical imbalance, which we now know is not true. Well, the fact is, is that, you know, We've seen this with children. We've seen this with adults where they had multiple drugs because one drug doesn't uh, work. Then they put another drug. And, and we can actually see how the person gets worse. He First, he's, he's had a loved one die. He's in a, a state of sadness. And, because, and the reason why I say sadness and don't mention depression, depression is their word for sadness. Depression is their word uh, to uh, handle a situation which gives it a different slant as if it's something different from sadness or severe sadness or whatever. You're listening to McCollum Wellness Radio. Hey, I have uh, Gary. You've actually probably heard him several times with all the different wins he's had in this office, but he just told me another one off of the going under the ketogenic diet. So let them know what you told me. Yeah, well, my blood pressure was high, and I, I told her about that too, but uh, the blood pressure was high, and after six weeks or a couple of months of the keto diet, it went down 39 points. And 39 last, points. That's a lot, yeah. And um, so it went down to 138 over 83, which is actually lower than any other time I've ever had it taken. Yeah, and that's considered really normal pretty much. It's just a yeah. slightly high normal, but that's amazing. And so the ketogenic diet done correctly, where you went through the different phases of the fa the fasting, the 24-hour fast. I'm still doing it. I only yeah. eat once a day now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't have any problem doing that. I do the keto coffee in the morning, which is no coffee at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the butter and the uh, coconut oil. Yeah. And then I add in a little uh, cocoa, just pure cocoa, perfect for flavor. And yeah. I cook that up with a little bit of uh, milk. And wow, yeah, every morning. So pretty cool. So you guys, this is what we're teaching. Um, you recommend it to other people? 
Absolutely. Well, there you go. You heard it from Gary. All right. Thanks. Discover the best ways to stay younger and live longer in Dr. Duncan McCollum's best-selling book, Turn Back Your Biological Clock. In it, Dr. McCollum explains the principles of regenerative healthcare and reveals how in as little as three to eight weeks, you can begin to reverse your biological clock and start to enjoy life again. If you are on a journey to create an incredibly healthy body and live the rest of your life in vibrant health and happiness, Turn Back Your Biological Clock is a must-read. You will see it will make a better road. You search and you search and you reach down inside. The um, 30 or 40 year idea that ser selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are handling a chemical imbalance in the brain is basically shown to have no foundation and um, no clinical proof that it is uh, uh, true at all. So they're saying that depression is not a chemical imbalance. And this is a mega study, as he said, 17 of large studies. Um, the, if you look up, you just, just look up and uh, search this, a decisive blow to serotonin hypotheses of deception, and you can get the article yourself and take into a lot of different areas. But because of the um, media or the public relations promoting the use of these drugs throughout these last many decades. And because uh, people, there, I believe the, this article says that 93% um, of the people believe that depression is a chemical imbalance. So they've done a really good job of pushing their narrative that the people believe that um, there, there is a chemical imbalance causing depression. And... Um, in fact, I have the CDC paper here, Center for Disease Control, um, and they're saying that during 2015 to 18, 13% of all Americans age 18 and over are taking antidepressants. So um, that is pretty amazing. You know, 13% of the people of 360 million people are on some kind of antidepressants in the last 30 days. Um, it, it's unbelievable to me that that many people, and imagine the money made off of that. Yeah, well, we're good. Okay, so this is uh, Dr. Duncan McCollum, McCollum on this radio. We have a, uh, the subject, the decisive hypothesis of deception. I have uh, Reverend uh, Fred, Frederick Shaw, who's a, uh, one of the uh, leading uh, individuals the Public Relations Guy for the Citizen Commission on Human Rights. He's the uh, president of Inglewood NAACP. And we're discussing this subject about the psychotropic drug industry and how it's been uh, going off of a false premise, which now has been debunked to show that there is no medical evidence showing that depression is a chemical imbalance to the brain. Uh, the people of Earth have been... Uh, sold this for uh, decades, and there's been a lot of uh, damage done to people because of these particular medications. You don't want to get off of these medications if you're on them, so you talk to your doctor, but I think it's time to do some research. I have another article here I'm just going to quote. It's in the American Journal of Psychology, May 1st, 2019. It says there's no support for the historical 
candidate gene or candidate gene by interaction hypothesis to major depression. But basically what that's saying is they were looking for a depression gene, like you might have a diabetic gene or a um, Alzheimer's gene or a cancer gene. They don't, they can't find one. They have not been able to find a gene for depression. And um, the medical psychological society basically sold us the fact that they, the chemical imbalance is something that they're treating based on something wrong with the body. But there's zero evidence to prove it. And so I have uh, Reverend Shaka on to help. And uh, so, Doc, why don't you go ahead and speak about that a little bit more? And um, we'll we'll just try to do the best we can with the technical difficulties we're having. But that's probably in, we're we're overcoming such great odds in the world right now that the technical does the technology doesn't even want us to get this information out. <laughs> well, I agree with you on that. Um, uh, you know, the thing is, is this. I mentioned the word psychological manipulation. The thing is that an idea comes forth, someone with big enough money pushes it, we get our political figures who are not scientists themselves to accept it. We get it accepted in major institutions. We push it out on the public as true. The public believes it's true. Everybody's believing it's true. And then we end up suffering the results of something that was never proven. You know, there's a lot of people who are responsible for, for what is going on now and what has been the chemical imbalance of the brain theory and how it was pushed and the money was being made. Where was the FDA? Um, you know, psychiatrists right now are saying, oh, we never pushed that idea. Well, you, let's say that what you're saying is true. You didn't push the idea. You showed it and countered the idea. If somebody... If somebody says law enforcement is doing A, B, and C, law enforcement will counter that if they, they, they think it's untrue or a lie. Well, how come psychiatry never stood up and said, uh, we never said there's a chemical imbalance of the brain. We never backed that theory. No, they did back it. Now it's being exposed. And so now they want to di uh, distance themselves from it when actually they help perpetuate this is so bad, a lady came to the CCHR Museum. Now, your audience need to know we have one in Hollywood, California, and you can uh, find the museum online. She learned of the chemical imbalance theory by the same people who debunked it. But she believed them when they said there was a chemical imbalance, but she didn't believe them when they said there was no chemical imbalance. <laughs> Same people, because the authorities in the field are the authorities in the field. She said, I don't believe them. That's how we can be so psychologically manipulated that you can tell me the sky is blue. I believe the sky is blue. Then they tell me actually it's gray and something else mixed in, and it comes out and it looks that way, and I say, I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, you know, there's so much going on right now in the world that we are being told and on many different fronts. And I think that just the fact that this study came out after 30 or 40 years of people um, going down the main path, not questioning it, 
Um, and actually, the people that tried to say something about it were censored and, um, you know, made to look the fool, where now we're finding out, you know, years later that the fact is that these serotonin uptake inhibitors are not really handling the problem of depression. They might have some interim effects, but it's not the serotonin levels. And what these, these things do, by the way, they're called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They're in, they're, they're in this little sac between two nerve endings. And what usually happens is a nerve ending would stimulate, something would stimulate a nerve, and at that ending, the serotonin would come out and go to the next nerve, and that would create an effect of pleasure. So what, their, uh, what the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors do, they don't let that chemical go away between the two synapses. And over time, they burn out, and they cause more and more problems. So, you know, it's kind of like um, itching an itch. You know, when you itch it for a second, it feels good. But if you keep itching it and itching it and itching it, pretty soon it's going to cause you to bleed, and it's going to could cause permanent damage to the skin where you're itching it. Well, that's what's happening to the neurons and the synapses. And the fact is, it's not a chemical imbalance. It has to do with life. It has to do with livingness. It has to do with communication. It has to do with finding something that works in your life and pursuing it, and having the people around you that can help you uh, find a purpose. You know, I mean, you watch a dog, you know, there's an old phrase that says a dog in the hunt ain't got no fleas. You know, some, a dog that's chasing a rabbit, man, he's happy as a clam. He's going after his goals and he's having a blast. But soon as that rabbit gets away, he's on the porch and all he can do is scratch his fleas. And it's, you know, so purpose is so important in human beings, you know, having a purpose. And we've been dulled down to a point where people don't really have a purpose, you know? And it's really a shame because um, and a lot of our schools and all this stuff, and of course they, they wanted to mandate drugs in, in some of the schools. Let's say you can't come to the school, you know, if you're, if, if you're not on the selective, um, re, or some kind of psychotropic drug. And um, they could prescribe them without your parents knowing in some places. And I think you worked on that, didn't you? Didn't you, Reverend? With the Children Mandate Safety Act for psychotropic drugs? Well, what we did was um, we had what, what was called the Child Safety Medication Act. I think we got that passed in 2003. And basically what it says is that parents could not be forced to put their kids on psychiatric drugs as a condition for being in school. And what they would do is they would take and tell you, hey, we think your kid needs to, because he was being annoying to the teacher, we think your kid needs to see a psychiatrist be put on drugs. We think he has ADHD. You say, no, nah, that's foolishness. I know my kid. Over time, they would actually file medical neglect and move to take your child from the home. So what we did, it was the Citizens Commission on Human Rights who actually led it, and they were able to get a lot of the support from the Republican Party. And then where I came in, I was able to get uh, some people in California uh, with the NAACP, Alice Huffman was very instrumental. People have their ups and downs with her, but she was very instrumental in trying to protect the children and so forth. And she uh, pushed it to the national office, and they supported what we were talking about, and that brought in Democratic support. So we were able to get enough people to vote that in, and then it was signed into law by uh, President Bush, the young one. And so... 
um, you know, we were able to do that and, and make the change, and that's what we need people to do. You have groups out there who listen to your show. Those people can contact us and be part of this movement that we need. Don't, don't get caught up in any differences we have, if we're black, white, what our religion is. There is a force out there that's taking us all down. And we have to come together and join forces. If you ever watch Games of Thrones, there was a big thing where all of the different kingdoms have to try to come together to defeat themselves, to defend themselves against the White Walkers or Night Walkers or whatever they were. Well, that's what we have to do now. And then after we finish that, then we can get into our pedodistices and stuff. But our whole survival is at stake right here because if you drug every person and people start having hallucinations and running red lights, how many deaths do we get? You know, uh, I had a young man tell me that his psychiatrist was a forensic this, that, and other. And, I said, and he had ADHD, and nobody could tell him he didn't have it. I said, well, just answer this to me. How far did you have to drive to the doctor? He said about 15 miles. Okay. And you did that through red lights and stop signs and, and with other cars on the roads and stuff? Yeah. I said, well, if you couldn't pay attention, how did you get to the office? <laughs> You see, wow. we, we don't look at it like that. One more story. There was a young man. I used to own group homes for boys. We never medicated them, and we educated them. The worst reader in that whole group home who could not actually, if you put his name out on white seats of paper, he couldn't read his name. We had him reading the way he and his probation officer started crying because the idea is you can't educate these people. You can't, we got all of this um, uh, uh, special education. Oh, it's all foolishness that the mental health field and psychiatry get the benefit from. They get to be the ones that come down and evaluate everybody. They're the ones that this mandate that you, you know, you have a mental health component. You just, so they make this big money and all the incentives to improve die out. So if we changed it right now, they said, me and you are running this country. And we said, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take away all of the incentives for people to fail. Because right now, if you get money if the kids read below a certain level. But what if you turned it around and said, you can actually get paid X amount if your kids read above a certain level. That changes the whole game. See, you can't get a medicine unless that medicine can actually have none of these side effects. They come up with it, but they don't have to, and they can get paid for giving the medication that causes the psychosis. If you look at Prozac and stuff, they give it to you for suicidal tendencies, but if you read the label, it says it can cause suicidal tendencies. <laughs> How is that supposed to work? I know. It's crazy, you know, and you're absolutely right. And you'll know when you find there's a light you can hide. Dr. Duncan McCollum leads a three-month True Cellular Detox program, both in-person and remotely. This program is backed by the leading doctors and experts with health centers of the future. If you are interested in learning more and signing up for his next course offering or signing up individually with Dr. McCollum, please send his team an email at info at or call his office at 831-459-9990. 
This is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and I would like you to listen to a couple testimonials from my patients about our new TRT machine. You should come try it, but here's what they have to say. A year and two months ago, I got knocked down by a horse and I got a grade two pull on my hamstring, and from there, everything went to hell. Uh, basically, uh, I was walking three and a half miles a day. I went from that to walking less and less and because it was so painful, and my other knee started hurting me. And then I stepped off a ladder and jammed my knee. It took me the next morning five minutes by the time I stood up to get out of my bedroom. It was so painful. At the same time, I found out about the TRT from the doc, and I knew that that was for me. So almost feeling completely normal. So it's been great. I was walking stiff, stiff knee on one side because it was just flopping out of place. Now I can bend my knee and walk. I totally recommend this one time and you'll just go, whoa. You don't realize how much you use your toes for balance until there's no feeling in them. And so I've got the feeling back in my toes and my balance is greatly improved. Definitely recommend it. So call today for your $49 introductory special on the TRT machine to see if it works for you. Call 831-459-9990. 831-459-9990. McCollum Family Chiropractic. You can be free. You can be free. You can rise above. I have a, a little brochure on, on Prozac here, right? The first serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And, you know, they talk about um, you know, giving it to your children. And they say before, you know, tell your doctor if your children's allergic to Prozac before you give them Prozac. And tell your doctor if they're taking any of these medications and they list a lot of other medications. This is what always cra is crazy that the doctors should be the one prescribing it and should know. Now, maybe they're coming from another doctor, but talk with a doctor or pharmacist if your child has any of the following conditions. Um, thoughts of suicide, bipolar disorder, liver or kidney disease, um, a history of seizure, heart problems, diabetic, diabetic. Um, you know, and it just goes on and on about what these, why you, you want to be careful giving these people, your, especially your children, um, these medications. And here's another, high, it can cause high fever, excessive sweating, confusion, shivering, shaking, seizures, unusual behavior, um, agitation, hostility, thoughts of harm. Hey, we haven't even got into that, you know, and we only have a few minutes left here. We should probably, I'd love to do another show with you sometime, get all this technical stuff worked out. There's so much more to talk about. Anytime you want me on the show, I'll come on the show. We can talk about a variety of subjects, including that. Uh, the connection and link that we're finding between suicide and homicide. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. these mass shooters have been on these drugs and stuff. It's not the sole reason they do it, but it is one of the reasons they do it. And there's papers and stuff that have been written on that. So we can get into that. We can get into electric shock. I, if I can, though, I want to tell your audience, and I know you're running out of time, uh, to uh, go to cchrint.org. Uh, there's a wealth of information. In fact, if you're on one of those psychiatric drugs, you can put it in our drug database and it will tell you what the so-called side effects are. And then we have the museum on that website. It's in 3D. And so if you're not in L.A. County and can't get to the museum in Hollywood, 
you can uh, tour it on 3D. So that's cchrint.org. And, um, you know, this is an issue that has to be exposed. It is detrimental. We see the homeless population has exploded. The amount of kids that can't read and write has gotten worse. What is the benefit? And that's what we have to ask ourselves. What is the benefit? And not just the one person who benefited. Oh, so-and-so benefited. Like I was looking with Matt Lauer on the Tom Cruise said, Oh, Brooke Shields benefited. So, well, we don't know if she benefited because the story isn't closed. And the second of all, if, if 10 of us jump off a bridge and one survived, does that mean that jumping off a bridge is not dangerous? So that's what we have to do. Yeah, and I I really appreciate you coming on in short notice. I, I was listening to these articles about just we're about to finish. We got three more minutes, but, you know, the um, disproving chemical imbalances as a cause of depression has been the subject today. It's all over the news. You should look it up yourself. You should talk to your doctor, whoever prescribed those for you. Um, or your family and see what you can do. A lot of it has to do at this point in order to help yourself. You've got to make sure your body's whole. You got to work on the nutrition. You know, as a chiropractor, of course, I want to make sure that your nervous system's healthy. Um, as a nutritionist, we want to make sure that, do you know that lead is the number one, the, the number one metal cause uh, associated with lead, lead toxicity is depression. So lead alone can cause depression. Mercury causes anxiety. So here we, for the last 30 years, rather than testing any kids for any of these harmful toxins, we've been throwing these um, harmful toxins at them that have uh, put them in, com in chemical handcuffs. And sure, yeah, some kids probably have been helped somehow or other. We don't know where they'd be without it, you know? Um, but I think it's a subject well worth uh, continuing. Uh, I'm really glad that this, this publication was done. And I'm so glad that in, you know, less than 24 hours, you were able to come on the phone with me. So any last parting words and we'll let you go. Well, you know, the thing is, is that you, you're spot on when you talk about the lead. We can also take that. They do not look and send people through medical examinations to see if there's an underlying cause. Uh, how do you tell the difference between anemia and depression? Somebody's babbling co incoherently and somebody that has a brain tumor, the thyroid, the urinary tract, they can mirror what looks like mental illness. So if we don't go in and investigate and see if there's an underlying cause, we have done a great disservice to the people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Hey, um, hey, uh, Reverend Shaw, thank you so much. We've got less than 30 seconds left. Really appreciate it. It's nice meeting you, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of McCollum Wellness Radio, please share it with a friend and tell them one helpful fact that you learned today. Remember, the best way to learn is to teach.